Hello, Nomads, and welcome to the Nomads of Fantasy, episode 59. I am Dave, your space miner of the week. Uh, I am here with Brandon. 938 hours. Exactly. 938 hours? Really? And I am also here with my younger brother, Paul. I hope life on Earth is everything you remember it to be, Sam. Oh, uh, Gertie. Squirty Gertie. Gertie. These are all quotes from the 2009 movie uh, Moon, which I had never seen. This seems, I don't know, I've never even really heard of it before. Um, I know, Brandon, this was one of your recommendations for this week. Yeah. Because um, we have I saw Eric is out traveling with the family, taking a nomad, taking a nomad break. But, uh, Paul, have you ever heard or seen of this movie the very first time that you said hey we are doing something on moon uh was the very first time i heard of this movie um <laughs> so then i threw on a threw on a trailer uh hit up the wife and it became our our evening's entertainment okay so yeah. so both of you guys didn't hear about this movie never heard of it yeah, it's crazy. Okay, well, that's good. That's good, because I well, like when I think is a good movie, and I can recommend it to other people. Uh, I know Eric has seen it, so you guys are watching with fresh eyes. Um, okay, well, you know, honestly, look, right now, what did you guys think? Do you guys like this movie? Was it? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, I think my wife and I are probably really easy critics when it comes to the movie. As long as something is entertainment, entertaining, keeps yeah. our attention. Uh and I did feel relatively invested in it. I, I enjoy the the themes that are brought about. You know, like I, I like Westworld. I like, you know, kind of strange uh, sci-fi as it is. So it wasn't a whole lot for me to get in. And um, and the character, you know, Sam Rockwell did a really awesome job. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. So, yeah, I, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, it's an independent flick. It, it, I'm looking at it. It, it only cost $5 million dollars. And it was directed by, and oh I guess written by Duncan Jones. This is his first movie. I don't even know who this guy is. Maybe he's made mo- other movies since. He's but, made a couple. Um, he did. Uh, he's doing war. He did a Warcraft movie, so he obviously moved on. Moved on as well. Oh, okay. What did you think, Dave? What did you think, Dave? I thought it was good. It started to uh, towards the end. It started to lag a little bit, but like the the space mystery, you know something's up something's not quite what it seems mystery about it is always super interesting i was hoping i was hoping for i don't know it's you you could really have this mystery happen kind of anywhere it didn't really have to be on the moon it, i mean i guess the moon makes it more interesting but um no i, I liked it i i don't know if i've seen too much sam rockwell either but like i was kind of blown away by his performance performances I should say, um, in this movie. I guess we should start out now by saying spoiler warning. Um, if you have not seen Moon, it's on HBO currently. You should probably give this a little pause. Go. It's only an hour and a half too, so it's a nice quick ride. It seemed like it seemed a lot longer than it was, but I don't know if it's, it's a slow movie. It's, yeah, it's us and Sam just kind of hanging out on the space station for you know a good chunk of the movie. So yeah, and Gertie, but. I guess before we get to all of this and we get into the details and stuff, uh, let's take a quick break. Um, You've been forewarned. There will be spoilers after this, and uh, we'll come right back. 
are back to discuss 2009 indie classic indie movie. Yeah. Oh, I won't call it a classic. Well, no, but five moon. million bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's. I don't know. How it much doesn't it, seem too indie. How much did it make though? It says 9.8 at the box office. So. Um. Yeah, this I mean, was no marketing. My f- I don't remember any commercial. Could have been any buzz around this movie. Um, yeah, it did win a fair amount of awards, um, uh, but I think those are probably pretty well-deserved, so I guess, yeah, let's uh, get into it and kind of give it a little breakdown. This movie is about um, Lunar Industries. Let's all go by the wiki. They made a fortune solving the oil crisis by building a moon base, which... Um, they harvest the alternative fuel helium three from the lunar soil and it's highly on highly automated base and really only needs one person to watch it. And that is Sam. And this is where the story starts. So it's, it's a cool ominous opening to the movie. I thought, um, yeah, the music was, the music was super cool. The pianos were really creepy and spacey, I guess. Get it. Spacey. Oh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there was a time when energy was a dirty word, when turning on your lights was a hard choice. Cities in brownout, food shortages, cars burning fuel to run. But that was the past. Where are we now? How did we make the world so much better? Make deserts bloom. Right now, we're at the largest producer of fusion energy in the world. The energy of the sun, trapped in rock, harvested by machine from the far side of the moon. Today, we deliver enough clean-burning helium-3 to supply the energy needs of nearly 70% of the planet. Who'd have thought, all the energy we ever needed, right above our heads. The power of the moon. The power of our future. Yeah, it's a cool concept though because I it, it puts you right at the end of this guy's three-year stay, this three-year contract, and he's like, "All right, let's just wrap it up." You know, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna go back home, go see my family, my wife, and my kid. You know, I'm going a little bit crazy, a little cabin fever going on here, and I have a robot that's, um, I can't tell if he's good or bad. I mean, that's what you think when you first encounter this character, but, but uh, voiced by Kevin Spacey. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, here we go. Let's like, what's this movie gonna be about? Um, I, so this I really is the second time the... I watched this, but yeah, like, did... oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I really like the the lead-in because it actually reminded me kind of um, Spider-Man One, where you're getting the, the actors and the hairdresser, and and it's kind of doing a bit of a credits thing, but it's doing it in a very innovative cool way where they're kind of showing up in different spots while you're getting the introduction to the story and yeah. I've, I've always been a big fan of that and i don't think enough movies do it it's it's cool because you know we're getting a cool soundtrack i'm getting the the baseline story so that i'm you know when the movie actually starts i'm like jumping right in but i'm also you know they're taking the opportunity to show me who's involved in it which which is cool i always like like i saw benedict wong his name show up on it i have no idea what role he did in it but He's on Earth. Showed up. Yeah, he was on Earth. He's one of those guys. He's the one that kept putting his hands on the table. <laughs> he's like, "Don't stand to relax." Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so immediately, I was like, "Oh, like Sorcerer Supreme is here. This is cool." Like, 
I was in. Um, mm -hmm. But I, yeah, it's. I think it's an underrated, cool aspect of movies. I wish more did it. It kind of it gets you set up in the environment, like you know, kind of, you know, it kind of sets the tone for the movie. Like as, as you're getting this slow pans across, you know, a lonely, lonely space station and a lonely planet and stuff like that. And when you do meet Sam for the first time, you can kind of tell he's starting to crack a little bit because he's even saying like, you know, three years is far too fucking long to be up here. Uh, he's starting to starting to show a little bit of the loonies. Um, you know, and he sees his kid that he hasn't seen in however many years or whatever because uh, the live transmissions down to Earth are broken up by something. There's some sort of issue with the station so they can't get live feeds down from there. So, I mean, really, as he's starting to go crazy, he starts to hallucinate and he starts to see shit. So, you don't know if he's going crazy, if there's going to be something supernatural going on. Right, you don't. like. Yeah, a lot of stuff is just thrown at you, and you're like, where is this going to go? Because you know, cause you know he's by himself, and it's, 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 I don't know, there's like a theme going on with our show, because we just talked about Truman Show, and he was stuck on a loop. He was stuck on a pattern. And then we played that game, Stanley Parable, and he's like, that's about oh, a loop and yeah. on a pattern. And now look at this. Like, they even use it against... The company lunar industries eventually because they like all right let's wake up the other sam and all that stuff but um i'm getting ahead of myself here but but it's, it's just something i saw like like how many movies have we seen where they they show us a pattern or we see a loop and it's just part of the the story you know and it's when the main character veers off or notices something because that's i don't know i mean this movie is kind of i'm trying to see it with fresh eyes but you think when Sam gets into that, I know you're talking about that, the you know hallucinations and stuff like that. But when he gets in that accident, that's when this they kind of pull a fast one on you because he wakes up in the infirmary and he's like, "All right, you you know you're injured. Are you okay? Let's like let's get you out of here." You don't even know what really happened at the t the first time you watch this movie. That's yeah. You don't know that the trick that's the, that just happened. You think it's just Sam just got somehow out of that vehicle and he's back. I was thinking that oh did the did the robot go get him did the like my my brain immediately started running with with possibilities of how this guy got back but uh, I quickly noticed like oh, he doesn't have any like cuts no damage to him no nothing and and my my spidey sense went off a little bit and was like uh, where where are you taking me? and his legs <laughs> what's going on? he's like grabbing he's like like why are my legs so tired like I feel like I've never used them before right and I was like okay. I noticed that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the part where he goes out and he hallucinates and he's trying to, like, collect a canister or whatever, well, you know, his ship gets all messed up, gets jammed in there. I'm surprised that, you know, the thing didn't get completely crushed. But um, Well, okay, so I'm. this is, if we're going to go somewhat in order of how things happen, we're, we're letting the cat out of the bag. Sam's a clone. Right? So this is all about clones. <gasps> Whoa! Wait, we gave the spoiler warning earlier. So, <laughs> so why did this? Oh, I'll call him Sam One because he's the person that we were introduced to. Sam One mm -hmm. gets a haircut, all this stuff, but he 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 also sees like a woman sitting in a chair when he's like having coffee yeah, and he I... burns himself. Right? He turned the TV off and he saw her. Who was that? It wasn't his yeah. wife. She had like long dark hair and she was just sitting there. And then he sees her again when he's like out riding 
the um the 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 lunar rider thing, and then he like the transport whatever. He sees the moon dust, and he sees the woman in here, and that's why he crashes. Do you guys have any theory and why she was showing up and who she was and what she meant? The only thing I could think of was that it was setting up for a long term payoff, and I I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but there's actually like a, a kind of sequel to this and the guy did want to do a third movie that pulled in both of these movies. So the kind of sequel is called mute, which I, I believe is on Netflix right now as well. Okay. The, uh, the only reason it would be a sequel, it's it's in the same universe. It's taking place in the, um, with lunar in industries. The same setting. And... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So lunar industries is in it. I, I haven't seen mute or anything along those lines and, and the connections are pretty light from what I saw, but it, the only thing I could think of was like, is, is this like a, a, a real long play? Are we getting like setting up for future movies or anything? Because at the end, I thought that exact thing. I was like, who, who is this woman that got dropped in here? Not his wife. Is it a mistress? Is it, you know, somebody, is it a, a fragmented memory? Uh, because obviously his, his memories thought. are all generated, you know. But it never comes uh, back. But yeah, no answer. No answer. So quick google has given me the answer okay please <laughs> uh, please it was driving me bonkers because like you never see her again sam hallucinated seeing his teenage daughter near the start of the film and this is from uh she's a duncan jones interview so it's he says it's based on science fiction obviously and this is one of the more fantastical things but you hear stories of identical twins when they're separated, sensing or having a feeling of awareness of anything major or traumatic that happens to their identical twin, even if they're not in contact. So the idea is that Sam is on the base and is able to sense and feel that there exists a daughter, which is of the original Sam back on Earth. So he's kind of, I don't know, there's some sort of weird no, I get that. sci-fi connection. Because but, but... I think the other Sam's can constantly sense each other, too. I feel like they just know that there's... It seems like because how does so, the, cause the other one Sam 2 is a real hard ass. Yeah, Sam 2. <laughs> he's a real, he's a real stick in the mud. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, you know, Sam 2 feels bad for Sam 1 as they're going through it. Like, I thought the, the weird part was, you know, the accident happens, new Sam gets woken up, and I guess, I guess he went out to the harvester because he wanted to, you know, go see why that one was stopped i'm assuming and that's when he finds his his doppelganger brings it back and kind of shit goes you know crazy well hilarity ensues from there um it's almost kind of awkward if, though they don't really react like the yeah, other reaction to each other is like where it's like is that dude a clone of me and he's just like yeah or like and it's just pretty just nonchalant about it well, when us when Sam one is laying on the bed after he gets brought back by Sam two, and Sam two is just sitting there like looking like Maverick from Top Gun, with <laughs> yeah. with some aviators on, just eyeballing this dude, and I was like, Are "You gonna you gonna say anything? Like what what's going on here?" And uh, the the relationship that like the robot kind of has with both of them, I, I felt like it was kind of it was weird. Like he was. What Gertie? Gertie was almost Gertie. Like, yeah. mitigating the situation, and Sam too seemed to be like totally fine deferring, even though he he seemed like the more aggressive one. Like personality wise, I would have thought this guy would want answers like right away, right now. He didn't seem like yeah. the patience was 
was really a virtue of his. But in that moment, he uh, he displayed quite a bit of, you know, resolve to just he was just sitting there looking at this dude. <laughs> and then he's like, Sam. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little weird. But um, the other thing I, I was thinking, too, was like, how did did Sam two know exactly where to go? He's that's like, what I'm oh, saying. He could sense something. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like somehow there. That's what I was alluding to. It was like, how did he know where to go? But like you're given hints. Well, that rover was to... stopped. Right. He wanted to go fix it. So, okay. you know, he drives out there and he sees that there's a thing, uh, another that's rover all it was? jammed underneath. He was com- I think that's what I'm. Oh, why was he so is. compelled? Like, dude, he just woke up from an accident. What? Why do you care about that? Like, why do you? Why are you driven to go out there to? investigate i think there is some passage of time there because like if they don't wake up two i mean days. i guess they, I they saw just, him out like two days a couple days yeah well i mean it yeah. can't be too long because sam one is still alive yeah and that i mean which I'll, yeah I'll, i was curious how long he was out there for too i think because... they say two days or something like that but hmm. yeah so but uh, but it's, it's kind of nice though like the little things that they do between this discovery of like, well you don't know that one and two are gonna meet but um Two, when he goes out to investigate, he goes to, like, I think it's, like, number seven in the locker or something like that, and his suit's not there. It's missing. He's like, hmm. Then he looks to the other side and he's like, oh, there's a suit here. I'll get that one. Like, why would oh, you? I didn't even notice that. He I was thought... on a routine. He didn't know. He just was assuming, like, I didn't notice lab, it, grab it the first time through because you don't know he's a clone yet. So I was curious. I didn't. Yep. I saw that, and I didn't really pick up on that, that his regular suit was gone. And then before oh. that, I think before that, or maybe just after that, there's a scene where he's Sam two is in the cockpit, and he see he sees like I think it's Sam two, he's in the cockpit and he sees video feed of himself, but it's old footage and he's got like the long beard. Mm-hmm. He's like, whoa, I was like, what was that? And he's like, never mind. And then it went back to the live feed or whatever. Yeah, there's two of those scenes. There's the one he's watching the video of his wife back oh, home, and, and there's the, like a, bad there's... editing. Yeah, there's a weird edit right. in it, and then and then something very similar happens. And I think that happened actually uh, before Sam One crashed, if I remember right. Um, sometime it's in there, a, but I think it was Sam One that sees both of those. I think so you're right. I think could right. could kind of allude to the the hallucinating, or you know, it's just kind of leading you into something. But the the one thing I was thinking through the entire like first act of this though is what a shitty company Lunar must be. I was thinking that. because <laughs> yeah, you you're providing 70% of the planet with power and you've you've literally like saved humanity, but you find it more cost efficient to clone a dude and send him up there instead of just like, I don't know, putting a full team up there. Like if Amazon can run a a fulfillment center off of a bunch of robots and, you know, 30 employees. I think that lunar providing 70% of the earth's power could probably feel like staff. six people like yeah. six you know. proper station, <laughs> which, yeah, I thought that was pretty risky. Cause I knew that something was up before, you know, you find out about the whole clone thing because like one dude to like fuel the entire planet up there is just kind of, that's pretty risky. Like that's uh really good margins though. Really good. Yeah, margins. And I guess Cut, they keep, do keeping payroll down. They fly a team up there pretty quick when shit goes haywire. But, I mean, it still does take them, like, days to get there. I, I noticed a couple things with the technologies. Um, one, cloning must be a thing because they, they just accept there's a clone. They're not blown away. Like, if you met your clone, right, 
Like I'm looking at you. Pants. I'm looking at you two of you brothers. You guys are basically like the goddamn characters in this movie. You guys both look the same, and you're three years apart, just like Sam one and Sam two. But um, but they had this technology cloning, and they're like, all right, you're the clone, idiot, not me, right? They just are aware that it's out there. Okay, fine. But I also know a couple other things. The sucko magic when he gets a haircut, it's the fucking '80s the idea where you take it. Yeah, when he's like sucking hair and cutting, I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, that that must be a joke. And then well, that, when he's done watching, that, like on the space station, I would think, like that's got to be. Oh, is that a real thing? Oh, okay. And then I'm assuming like astronauts' hair grow. It just looked, it looked, it looked like a joke or something. Like that. And then when he got up, when he was done watching TV, he clapped to turn the <laughs> TV off. So he had the clapper too. I was just, I don't know, like, are these like jokes? The technology is interesting in, in this movie. I was. But uh, yeah. but I noticed that with the cloning though, for sure. A haircut. This is straight from NASA. Uh, haircut in space is more complicated than you can imagine. Hair strands flying in microgravity can create major problems. Hence, astronauts at the International Space Station use a specially designed trimmer affixed with a vacuum that sucks hair as soon as it's cut. Who thought we would be learning during but that's, this conversation? That also seems, uh, you know. seems a little silly because he also has plants with dirt. In the same place, maybe he's it's spraying a, water. Ma- yeah, maybe it's a different pot or something. But he doesn't seem too concerned with micro. Well, got, true, micro true. But there's gravity here, up. so yeah, which is weird. Do they? They must have artificial gravity because he's not like walking around slow, mm-hmm. in inside. Well, the moon has some gravity. So, but I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. But like when he's outside, oh, he, he moves. He isn't slow. bouncing. Yeah, yeah, but, that's true. But inside, he's just like doop doop do, you know, stuff. Um, Didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, huh. So we got. I mean, so we're up to the 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 two Sams. Yeah, two different personalities. One is Completely very different. aggressive, and one is going crazy, kind of mellowed out. And I think the 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 real Sam, the r- original Sam, must have had a bad attitude because the clones are closest to him because they probably get woken up as close as they are to the OG. Yeah, Sam yeah. That this you know that three years hanging out there, you probably mellow out and you talk to plants and you carve houses and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, he's got all these like little hobbies to keep himself busy. Cause all he's really doing is driving back and forth and loading a thing. You know, so he's really just the I don't even know why that, why that couldn't be automated at this point, but that's the question, I guess. Yeah. Gertie, Gertie's stuck to the ceiling. So Gertie ain't going out and getting anybody. I like Which is interesting. Gertie the, as a character. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the Sam uh Kevin Spacey, sorry. Uh his voice for him I thought fit really well. It had like a a hell from what is it, Space Odyssey? Yeah. Kind of vibe to it where you don't know if he's gonna murder everybody or if he's actually <laughs> right. a good robot. So or what he what he's hiding really. I think he's a, the, a very I think he's a well written AI for a movie. Because I never knew up until the end if we could trust him or not. And I think that's mm-hmm. good writing because the payoff is there. You know, I thought so. Yeah, their their relationship is, is really, it's nice. You know, it, it's it actually. Is, it is kind. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept having these these thoughts of uh, thinking of the themes of the movie while I was watching of it. This like big, horrible company that's taking advantage of this guy and cloning him. But yet they, you know, AI and the robot is not the bad guy. Like I was I was waiting for right the ro- the robot His to eyes be the bad guy. Red. No, but it's it's the humans. It's like the corporate greed, you know, horrible mm-hmm. horrible uh, you know, bad guy in it. And yet Gentry is just kind of like this super helpful 
seems like a, a compassionate friend up there. And, uh, you know, obviously it's got two directives, you know, one directive being, you know, the mission that it's there for, but it seems to really take seriously the directive of I'm here to care for Sam Keep, and take care of take Sam. Take care for him. Yep. Objective number one. Hello, Sam. Sam, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, we had a fight. Me and the other guy, the other... Uh... He's very angry, you know? What he did? He flipped my entire model over. You know how much work I put into that thing? 938 hours. 938 hours, yeah, exactly. 938 hours, really? Approximately. He's got a problem. Scares me, Gertie. What is it about Sam that scares you? He flies off the handle. I see it now. I see what Tess was talking about. I never told you this, Gertie, but she, uh... She, uh, she left me. Tess left me for six months. She moved back in with her parents. I know. Gave me a second chance and promised her a change. You have changed, Sam. Hey, Gertie, since I've been up here, I've sent Tess, I've sent her over a hundred video messages. Where did those messages go? Did they ever reach her? Sam, I can only account for what occurs on the base. What about the messages she sent to me? Sam, I can only account for what occurs on the base. first arrived at Sarang, there was a small crash. You woke up in the infirmary. You suffered minor brain damage and memory loss. I kept you under observation and ran some tests. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Sam, there was no crash. You were being awakened. It is standard procedure for all new clones to be given tests to establish mental stability and general physical health. Genetic abnormalities and minor duplication errors in the DNA can have considerable impact on... What about, what about Tess? What about Eve? They are memory implants, Sam. Uploaded, edited memories of the original Sam Bell. several hours since your last meal. Can I prepare you something? Tell me if you think this is weird. Kevin Spacey voiced him, and he agreed to voice Gertie, but only when the film was finished and if he liked it. Mm. Like, that's kind of weird. He, you know, he saw it and liked it, and obviously recorded it. He says he recorded his lines in half a day. 
and just like <laughs> cranked it out. But so it's a it's a it's kind of a weird thing, and it's an independent film. Yeah, so he probably was just like, if it doesn't suck, I'm, yeah, I'm too big for this. Like, what is this? But I'm glad he did though. I you know, um, I think his voice lended well to the to the character. And again, I just I don't know. I we 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 like Star Wars and we like our droids and all that stuff. But it's very easy for a movie to go the cliche way where the robot is turns out to be evil at the end, you know? And I, I thought it was a nice touch that he just, he was a very simple AI. He was just commanded to just take care of Sam and follow orders when we tell you things. But number one was taking care of Sam and he never broke from that. And he, he's got the arm and he reaches and he like hits the password and he's willing to like wipe out his memory and all that stuff. And, He's, yeah, that was pretty sweet. And then when there's three of them, he doesn't know any better. He's just like, okay, Sam, let me take care of this, Sam. Okay, Sam, I'll take care. It's like, Sam, what's wrong? What's bothering you? Talk to me about it. That's He doesn't go any deeper than that, but I, I like that he's just like this simple creature on the ship, and he's just good. Yeah, you could tell he cares. Like, There's the one part where Sam 2 is coming to the realization that he's a clone, and you know Gertrude's being very on, like brutally honest, right? And he's like, "Am I a clone?" He's like, "Yes, <laughs> like you are, uh, you know, one of one of many." And Sam too kind of turns, and he's he's a little distraught at that moment, as anyone would be, as you're finding out you're a clone. Uh, and Gertie like goes over with a hand and like rubs his back a That's little a- bit. <laughs> you're like, oh. "Oh, that was oh, that was Sam. That was Sam one because he was like oh. sick and like hacking." Like the, uh, the shelf life on Sam's is like they got that down to a science like three years and like your expiration date hits like pretty damn quickly. Pretty yeah, damn close like to that week three year mark. Pretty much falls apart. Yeah. It looks like uh like radiation poisoning almost where he's just like sweating and mm-hmm. he's losing teeth and puking up blood. And like it's, it's so that's not a, a fail. Not safe, a right? pretty way to go either. Like you feel fucking bad for the guy. You do feel bad because he just wants to live and go home to the. Mm-hmm. And, and even when he knows it's an artificial life and he realizes he's a clone, he still wants it. And you, you know, you've been with this goofball for a while as he's falling apart, and the other one's like aggressive and you know and all that stuff. And although he's got he's got good intuition, he's like, dude, we're both clones. Then we're both clones, and they're lying to us. That's not your <laughs> wife. That's not your kid. And there's probably a secret room full of us. And mm-hmm. let's look for it. And then, of course, he's like looking around. He's like, "Get up!" And he's got the knife. He's like, "I'm not gonna hurt you." He's like, "Like, well, then give me the knife." And he's just like, "I'm not gonna give you the knife." And they they wrestle and all that stuff. Piece of fuck. Well, doesn't really beat him up. He just starts hemorrhaging or something like that. He's just bleeding like crazy. Okay, right? He headbutted him at some point or something like that. Yeah, and he had, he had the cut on his head from the crash. Okay. So just and then he the flips cut. the the table over though. Nothing's looking, under there. Looking for the clones, I guess. Yeah, and then they do go on their their little mission. They go searching the perimeter, and they find they find the radio jammers that are circling all like you know radio towers all around the base that are jamming the signal. So they kind of set that up for later in the movie. And then when they get back, uh, what is it? Younger Sam, Sam one, uh, Sam two. Sam one finds well. Sam one finds the vault, and then they both go down there, and they kind of see like oh, yeah. this crazy ass underground. Which, at that point, I would have just started waking them all up. But I guess you don't really know how to, but... I don't think they can. I think Gertie has to do it. Popping out Sam's. But I noticed, like, they played this toy box music. So are they, like, like, babies? Are they, like, children? Like, are they just, like... 
just you know that music was played a couple times in the in the like the later act hmm. that I noticed. Yeah, the only yeah. The main main song I noticed was every time he woke up and he was hitting the alarm. The, did you guys notice the song that was playing? It says, "I am the I am the one and only." <laughs> is the, oh, is the, okay. <laughs> the really? chorus that's running. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh man!" Like it, the the reminder that you're getting every morning <laughs> that you're all by yourself. But it's also, I mean, when if you were in that situation, you were living on a moon base for three years by yourself. Like at at some point, the the monotony has to become comedy. You know, I could see myself setting something like that. Just you wake up every morning being like, yeah, I'm the only one again. Let's do this. Like, it's yeah, it's gotta it's be nice that and, and Sam Rockwell does a pretty good job being the only actor because he's got to play. I mean, they do a lot of the, you know, where like he's on the screen. There's two of him on the screen, you know, and the stuff. So it's it's kind of neat how they pull that off. But um, just the, the different personalities, the young, aggressive, you know, healthier one versus the one that's kind of falling apart and but he's kind of got like some charm to him and he's goofball and all this stuff and then there's like some kind of comedy in the, in the earlier parts he's kind of like a father figure a little bit to the younger one but then you start to get a connection to this character and you just know that it's not looking good for him and you realize that he's falling apart um so time isn't on his side and they're trying to plan things out um and he starts freaking out and i remember he once i don't know he like takes the rover out and he goes past far enough from the the the, connect, the communication jammers and he calls home and calls his daughter or calls his wife like, and finds that she's can dead. You, I guess can you I guess you can do that with those little machines. I thought that was like why wouldn't you have tried that a long time? I don't know. Well, I guess they didn't know the, the jammers were there and he just dials one eight hundred collect and yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know, but it was still it was sad, you know, because mm -hmm. like his world's crashing down on him, and then um as that's happening, he's like crying in the car. The camera does like this cool, kind of panning, rotating shot, and then it shows like the Earth, and he's just like, I just want to go home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's feeling really yeah. bad for this so character. So bad for him. He put in his three years. He deserves to go home. Could you imagine? It's horrible. Um, is this the Bell residence? This is the Bell residence. Could you call back? There's something wrong with the picture. I'm trying to reach Tess Bell. I'm sorry. She passed away some years ago. Um. Um. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. I'm her daughter. Can I help you? Eve? Yeah? Hi, hi, Eve. How old, how old are you now? I'm 15. Do I know you? Oh, sweetheart. Uh, how did mommy die, sweetheart? How did mommy die? Someone asking about mom. Who's asking about mom? That's a 
So once you, as a viewer, you're putting all this together and you're realizing this, this is kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. it's not like he even has a whole lot for entertainment or anything. The game, like the movies he watches, movies and TV shows he's watching are old garbage shows. He's got uh, an X-Acto blade and some models to put together and he's got <laughs> some plants. Like out, outside of that, there, uh, there doesn't seem to, I was even kind of scanning his room to see if he had you know something else a giant bookshelf you know some legos like i don't know like something to to preoccupy himself with but uh i think it all just kind of keeps pointing to like this the real bad guy of the story you know just the bad the evil corporation that cares so little about an employee oh they care what are you talking about they're (laughs) they're sending a rescue mission (laughs) yeah you know, that's that's the the bad guy in it, which is also like very cool about Gertie because that makes Gertie's character like all the cooler because he is a product of this horrible corporation. And yet, you know, it, it has the most empathy of anybody in that corporation, it seems. Oh, that's um, interesting. Right. Oh, very right. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like kind of like their plan to get out was it, I mean, it's a pretty good plan. Like once they realize that, like hey, we're both clones, they're going to get here, they're going to shoot us both and just wake up a freshie. Like, the the plan to wake up a new one, put him in the rover, and then have one there, and then send the other one back via a space tube, which, that would be, that. like, I don't know, that seems like a pretty easy out to get back home from the moon. If you really wanted to go that bad, you could have just shot yourself there at any time. In the movie, technically. Well, they didn't. The reason they were doing it because they weren't looking, right? Because they would have known. They would have been like, "Why is this thing flying into Earth?" That's. I don't know. I don't know. I. Which you, I don't know. Yeah, it could be a sci-fi loophole. I don't know. But I'm, I'm trying to crack it in my head right now as we record this. But I'm trying to think that like, <laughs> this is an opportunity they had to do it now because. Because part of looking. the. Part of the right. cool part of the plan too is how he sets one of the he sets one of the mineral machines that's going over the surface of Mars, and he oh. sets it into one of the transmission blocker dishes. So I'm assuming that when the next Sam wakes up, the next Sam is gonna be able to call back home and be like, "Hey, everybody, what's going on? Where's yeah. my wife?" Right. Yeah. They basically just locked it all. Yeah. They they revealed or exposed the situation for sure which, there was a, which that scene. is well that was just gonna say that is the uh the small part of mute that moon is part of is a giant lawsuit against lunar of all the sands okay. that are okay oh, suing okay. lunar so that's kind of like the tie into the all the sands that's good all the sands yeah i think I, I i mean i read it real quick but i think it said like there's 27 that were there and and the sam that we know uh sam 2 who it's nice because, you know, if you guys didn't know at the end of the movie, like, does this guy live or not? Because the way the movie ends, you don't really know. But right. a- apparently he does. There's, a, you know, the, in the sequel, he is, uh, I believe he's Sam 151 or something in the lawsuit. So it's, oh, wow. it's cool it to have like Sam a Rockwell? little. Uh, very brief, apparently. 
very oh, brief. I I don't okay. know a whole lot about mute, and I I saw doing some some last research before okay. this. Um, but yeah, so mute might be worth looking at, but it also apparently is not very good. So oh. <laughs> I'll check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, there's a scene we skipped over that I also was I thought was kind of interesting. Um, just a subtle scene, but when Sam one and Sam two are both kind of driving out so they can put Sam one's body in the crashed Rover. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sad like, scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. And they're like, they're talking about the, um, like the wife or whatever. And like Tess. Sam, yeah. Sam two, he's just like, he hasn't had the attachment yet with the video. So he doesn't really have a connection to her yet or the kid. So he keeps saying like, Oh yeah. Re- you know, like I remember these, I have these memories of the, from the OG Sam, but it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just say you here. And he's using the word you as in you Sam one or whatever did this when you went on a date with her, but eventually he starts saying I and all that stuff. And he, and he starts slowly becoming like the other Sam. Cause he's really, you know, he's just like, there's no difference between the two of them. Yeah. But as he's telling that story, the other ones more or less dies, you know, Dying, yeah, he's pretty close. And then he drops him off and leaves him, his buddy or whatever, in the in the the rover. And the music's just like so sad, you know. It's that space but, piano. Yeah. You remember Tess came in for that interview? She was so beautiful. She was the best candidate, but it didn't matter. I had to give her the job. I wanted to keep her in the country. She was going, going back, back to Ireland. <laughs> you knew you had to take a chance. So you called her. You terrified her with that old speech for her answering machine, but she didn't need it because she picked up the phone. She was like, why is he calling me? The internship's over. Why is he calling me at home? <laughs> She wanted to go get like an ice cream cone or something dorky like that. She said, let's get a drink. I said, okay, what do you... Sam one does see him make it out. He, he happens to open yeah. his eyes just enough to see the, the escape pod or whatever. Which is super cool. Which yeah, I was trying to thinking like when he gets back to Earth, can he only live for another three years? Like if his lifespan is that if he's like just some like shitty class D clone rather than like a nice, you know, premium clone. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But right. If you were him, would you even want to be discovered? Because they're going to keep you in your lab, and you only have three years to live. Do you want to be stuck in the lab, or do you want to live off the land and see the world before you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if you listen... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that Mute movie takes place 40 years after it. So apparently, he must 40 live. years, damn. I think. I mean, a, a sizable... I mean, I'm bringing in the whole, like, uh, here's the conclusion for... I don't like movies that leave me open-ended at the end not that i don't like them but it's like it's difficult for me you know it's one of those things like why am i why am i gonna put myself through this i like some closure um so even just doing that little bit of reading gave me a little bit of that closure on it but it also brought about more questions and i was like oh well so this guy apparently didn't 
die in just three years. But the other Sam did. So maybe maybe it is the upgraded clone. Maybe he got back and got some uh, some treatment for it. Hard to say. Well, right. The at the end of this movie, we do know at the because you hear it at the at the very end. You know, like the news articles around the world mm-hmm. are, are talking about like the you know all these people are rising up and saying, "Hey, guess what's actually been going on with this company and and what they've been doing with these clones on the planet on, on, on the moon." But the way it ends, it makes you think two things could happen. Sam two survives his shuttle or pod or whatever to Earth, and he you know exposes it or his backup plan was i'll just knock out the communicator disruptor knock that out mm-hmm. so that way the next sam will be will be able to like hey what's going on and then expose it that way maybe you know i mean because they show like... that it's like the fi- one of the final scenes is the camera slowly shows reveals the signals is mm-hmm. up and operational again yeah because he i mean he's got that little like briefcase thing where he can just make phone calls to whoever he wants it sounds like I mean, he just he called his house <laughs> when he got outside of the outside of the jammer, so he could just call a news station and be like, "Hey, I'm a clone. Want to see some cool stuff?" And I'm assuming shit hits the fan from there. So now, a couple of questions. Sure, please. Original, and, and I'm I'm sure we're supposed to like kind of guess at this stuff, but original Sam, why did he do it? like really why did he do it what was he in on this does he know what they did with his clone and um did his wife know about it because she's doing these recordings why was she doing these recordings did she do those because she knew there's be these would be to a clone and she couldn't live with herself so she like killed herself to get depressed because of what she was doing are they you are know, they like, recycling old ones really <clears throat> is the question because well because he's there and he knows he has a baby when he wakes up. Is that correct? He knows he has a baby when he You learn through up. video. You yeah, because... Video. Well, because when he sees her the first time, she's, like, you know, just starting to talk. So I'm assuming that he had, like, a baby, like, right as he left, I'm assuming. He has those memories. I mean, Sam 1 specifically has a lot of dreams because he'll have dreams of him and his wife. And then Sam 2 has a dream of his wife. But then he's noticing under the blanket, I have that creepy scene where you see like Sam one like trapped mm-hmm. in the sand and he senses the other Sam is in trouble. That's what guess what it was, Dave. That's oh. why he was compelled to go out. That, there you go. Because he had the dream of he was like of making out with his wife, but then he could sense that he himself was calling out to him. Hmm. That is pretty crazy though. Yeah, I'm. I'd have to. So who? So was the wife in on it? You know, the girl, the the child definitely wasn't. But like, the daughter's only fifteen when he calls. So how many cycles of Sam is this? This can't be a lot. It can't be more than like the fifth, the fifth cycle (coughs) of Sam. Yeah. Well, I think the the daughter was three in one of the videos. The first one, then. Yeah, when the daughter comes up and she's all shy and doesn't want to talk to to dad. I I was actually surprised when he did get to communicate with the daughter to see how young they played it. I was, I was waiting for it to be like her to be 60. And yeah. Like, like yeah. It's, yeah, this, dude, this to like have been in, like the third stellar. Yeah, exactly. Right? Something like daughter that. Daughter's just aged like crazy. And he's like crying. I was like, yeah, that's, but I, I think that's also probably a good play for like how a, a corporation would treat something like this. Like how, how long could they keep this under wraps that, you know, they're, they're treating somebody this horribly 
up there. And the the other thing that I was thinking too was uh there must be a reason that they chose original Sam as the person to clone. And if if you're seeing Sam 1, the fact that he very dutifully did his job for 2 years 360 days you know or 350 <laughs> days here like there must be some reason that 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 guy was picked as as the guy that's going to be spending years and years and years up in space i mean i'm sure there could be some sort of genetic manipulation that they could do to clones to make them more docile or something like that but it also seems like sam 2 has very different character traits than sam 1 does so it's kind of talking about you know even though clones are genetically the exact same your environment plays a lot with uh with your personality and i guess sam too and waking up and suddenly realizing very early on in his quote-unquote life that he's a clone and that he's in a very odd situation but yeah he still has all these memories you know that probably would lead to anger pretty quick and um but also makes him like a more dynamic character too because his response to this is he goes and works out and he goes and you know, he's willing to play ping pong and kind of wade through the situation to figure it out as opposed to immediately freaking the fuck out, right? Like, that's probably what most people would do if you suddenly realize Okay, it's interesting. So, so he has, like, some kind of military training. He is a soldier that probably, like, enlisted himself, maybe, to to this test. He's, like, he's got, like, he can he can kind of emotionally cut himself off. He's like, yeah, this might be fucked up for the clones, but sign me up. Because the mm. money's good. Because his wife... And the kid, the backgrounds in their videos, they live, li- they look like they're living a life of luxury. You know, mm. so you probably made a pretty penny off of this, but that's a good observation. It just, I guess, it speaks more to Sam Rockwell's performance. So I know you guys aren't that that familiar with Sam, but I hope, uh, I don't know, I hope, I hope you guys at least appreciate it when you do see him because I, I i have seen movies with him and and i think he's a good actor um, i think he's great now that I, now that i've seen like just the the variance that he played between just the two sams like oh ama- amazing job amazing yeah. job with playing two characters so differently like i couldn't even tell that it was the same person half the time because because the Sam one is so sick and he's got he's puking up blood and he's got gashes all over his face. Yeah. Sam two is a badass with like in his this is like jumpsuit jump and jump aviators. Suit. Yeah. Yeah. So like I it, like it didn't even seem like it was the same person playing both roles, which fucking credit to him. So uh, a little there, a little fun fact for you, Dave. Sam yeah. Rockwell is also in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Oh shit! What he's is one he of, in there? He's so when when oh, the, the kid. The, Sorry. So there's Go ahead. yeah, he, there's the kid. There's the kid, the human kid, right? And he, he like goes to the Foot Clan. He gets the tour. The the one that gives him the tour. That's Sam Rockwell. He's like seventeen in there or eighteen or something like that in in the role. But oh yeah, he's got he's the kid that's like, you want cigarettes, man? And they're all down yep. in the down in the basement playing video games, huh? Yeah, they got the yep. the skate park in the in the Foot Clan there. I, <laughs> yep. I, I always remember that being like, dude, that Shredder, Shredder is a he's he's all about building company company culture. He's like, <laughs> he like yeah, he's park. like walking by like with YMCA's so like you know what these kids need? They just need activities. <laughs> <laughs> Go steal some shit and play some video games. 
Um, (laughs) There are a couple of cool production facts about this movie. Like, oh, the the production, the making of is really good. I saw the making of. Well, well, first the movie was shot in 33 days, which oh, I I didn't know that. Pretty more impressive. Crazy, because they jammed all that stuff in. But the outdoor moon scenes are all shot using practical effects. Mm-hmm. Which, because mm-hmm. this goes back to 2009, you gotta you know move ourselves back that far in, you know CG effects. Um, you could tell that the the spray coming off of the Moonlanders was a little, a little old school. But um, it says that the uh, filmmakers originally intended to use special effects on the computer with only a few model shots, and found out that it would cost five hundred thousand dollars. Right, and then it went back to the model makers and found out that it only would cost forty seven thousand dollars. So I was looking for it because I knew that, and yeah, I, I'm impressed. I think it's held up, especially knowing that it's it's an independent flick. You know, it's a, it's a low. I say it's independent. I know but Sony's got. You would never know. Just saying, it's a smaller budget. The interior shots, like I could tell that Gertrude, he wasn't like I don't know. He wasn't perfectly smooth. Like as he was sliding across, you could tell he was like. It might have been like a little wiggle to him. Like, he didn't look like he was very. He looked real, but like sometimes when he moved, it didn't look very smooth. So I don't know. But like the indoor shots are like super nice. What's really interesting, I forget where they they shot it. I could be wrong, but I want to say they like got into like a school gym or something like that or whatever. But they built this set. The problem was it's a very small, tight set. So they had to get really creative of where they put their camera crew when they were filming these scenes. Um, yeah. They didn't have a big studio to film like these little rooms. They actually had to make kind of like this, this, the station or whatever and then figure out ways. So they, they cut holes in the walls so they could... So they'd be in one room oh. that you would see, but they would be in there. And then, yeah, so watch the making of it because I think it's it's just a testament to the production team and the creativity that they had to do to, to pull this off to make what I thought... Looks pretty good. No, going into it a second time, just seeing they're like, yeah, this is, it's one location. I can see why Eric liked this movie because it's the that one location thing. thing. It's, <laughs> it's like the, the one location. It's just really one location. You know, it's it's on the moon. It's, but it's a little little station that we're kind of just going back and forth. They go to their rooms. field trips here and there. They take their little rovers out, their quads, and go fix a harvester or whatever. But yeah, everything is everything is there, which. It's a character unto itself. I know we've said it a thousand times, but super yep. cool. Nice. All right. Well, oh, one more any... thing. I want, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about. So first off, you guys throughout this recording keep saying Gertrude or get. And I think it's hilarious. Gertie, Gertie, Gertie. Gertie. both of you. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gertie. Um, but Gertie, he's an interesting character. Uh, do we know what Gertie stands for? Like, what does that mean? G E R T U. I didn't catch that. Probably stands for something. Um, but I love his design. I love that he hangs from this like this pole or whatever. He's on a track and he has this emoji face. <laughs> the emoji I face, I really forgot well. about this. Yeah. Best part of the movie. <laughs> that was very two thousand nine. He'll say something and then turn around or something like that, and then he'll have an emoji face on, and it's just you don't know what he's thinking. And I think that's very interesting character design because you're hearing him say one thing. Or you see him do something, but then ultimately he can't cover up. He'd ever, like, we know that he's genuine at the end. You find out he's just a genuine character. He's just doing his told, but you don't know what that face means. And you're, you're looking deeper into it. Like, oh, he frowned there. Cause he's like, am I a clone? He like turns around. It's like, you need to lay down or something like that. And he like frowns. Cause it's not like he's up to something. He feels bad that he has mm-hmm. to tell him. 
that you're a clone, you know? I don't know. We talked <laughs> about him, but... Yeah, no, Tyler, no I... One. I, I love Gertrude. He was the best character in the movie for me. He, he's even cooler than Sam Rockwell because uh, I, he felt super dynamic, like such a humanistic mm-hmm. robot. Uh, Correct, I thought yeah. that the director did an absolutely amazing job of, of really making him feel that way. And uh, I don't know, have you guys ever seen this show on HBO, Final Space? No, no. Yet. Oh, it's a fantastic cartoon, which I highly, highly recommend. Uh, but there is... Uh, a big similarity between this character Kevin and Gertie in that uh, this astronaut is out in space for years and years, but he has a, it's a mental health robot that's with him, which is just there to, you know, keep him sane being all by himself. Yeah. And I, oh, okay. I felt like, yeah, based that's, off of like, that's Gertie. Yeah. Yeah. Based off of Kevin Spacey's voice one, like so soothing every time he talks, like you yep. feel comforted and the the amount of like human characteristics that are that are jam packed into this obviously oh. not even not even humanistic looking robot which is what i thought was so cool about it was oh, the fact that yeah. it's it's not a humanistic robot but yet it just like you're saying how it turns away when it's feeling like a little sad and the emoji faces i mean emoji faces is the perfect decision for like how to convey an emotion real quick like i i've always i love that about linguistics i was um talking with with a friend about it and he was saying how like oh society is being dumbed down by using emojis i was like no like things are circular like all they are is like modern day hieroglyphics right you can convey so much with uh an emoji that you know would take you 10 15 seconds to write out in a in a short sentence but so just by utilizing that the emoji face, the entire thing, it conveys so much while doing so little. It's very, very cool. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, we, I mean, whatever. I mean, you put an exclamation point at the end of something. If you use all caps, there's there's ways around to 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 draw or write or something that and put it in front of somebody to express an idea or emotion or something like that. It's you ever see a cartoon and they hit their head and there's a bunch of like random like characters, you know, like mm-hmm. an at sign and a pound sign and a number, you know, that just means a swear word usually or something like that or a pain or something like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's easy. Cause it's, you just look at it and you can just understand with just one image what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know the, how they came up with Gertie's design, but I think like you said, that's interesting that they didn't make them make him or it a humanoid like C3PO or even like a human, you know, human Android or something like that. But I, I also thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> he had like a kick me sign on the back of him or something like that. And Sam too, because he's like, you can be okay, Gertie. Like after this is all done, you can be all right. He's like, I'll be okay. It's all right. He's leaving. Then he sees the, uh, Oh, he's going to turn his power kick- off. He's going to reboot him, and he sees the kick me sign on him. He's like, get that off of there. I, that I, didn't, I didn't see the kick me. That's funny. Yeah, so I, I feel like he generally, I think he reciprocated. You know, like it was The feeling was mutual between the two of them. I think he's like, you know what? At the end of all this, you're all right, and I, thank you. Because in the very beginning, Sam 1 is kind of mean to Gertie. You know, he's like his clone. He's trying to help, His arm is trying to help him, and he whacks him. He's like, told you not to help me, and he's just constantly yelling at him. Then... Over time, both of the Sams are just kind of, they lean on Gertie so much. I mean, Gertie gets the password in. He does all this stuff. He, you know, he's, 
and we said this in the very beginning that he really is looking out for the best interest of of sam no matter which sam it is uh very true good friend we could all use a little bit of gertie i get that uh what is it glados kind of vibe too because how it hangs from the ceiling a little bit Mm. gives Mm -hmm. a little bit of a glados there from portal but or or uh pixar made a movie uh up no duh up wally wally Mm -hmm. where the ai is on that track in the cockpit with Mm -hmm. it's just remember that movie oh Oh, all right yeah 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 yeah. that same thing ai he is actually evil yeah (laughs) one one i guess one my last thing here um the movie poster do you guys remember seeing this it it is it is really cool because it's got a you know, you see it. I saw it before I saw the movie, obviously, because I picked it on HBO. But you, you, you know, you just see a whole bunch of circles behind Sam Rockwell in his space jumpsuit, which you know you don't know it when you first see it. But you know, all those rings are like you know, could be representations for like the different versions of the clones. But it also represents the moon. But it also probably represents a little bit of craziness at the same time. But oh, Sam Rockwell's. Okay. Sam Rockwell's name is also like ghosted like three times on the credits or on. The I, movie saw too. I saw uh, like, that. I saw that. That is a fucking touch. that is a wink right there. Where like you don't like after you see it, you know, like, eh, tip of the hat to you. But I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was just a super cool little touch to whoever designed that. Um, I will say Moon has one of one of the better movie posters for sure hands on it's just visually interesting to look at it, it's really nice it looks like it's from like it's the 1960s or something like that super simple so, yeah. yeah i like that love that design but yeah i so, noticed that the ghosted you know like oh you son of a bitch yeah you know you would you know seen it before you'd never think of it so yeah, you just think it's designed for the sake of design mm-hmm. cool all right well you guys got anything else to uh to chat about Get all the moon out of your system. I kind of want to go see more Sam Rockwell stuff, I think. so. Please do. He was in Trolls 2, so uh, we've probably seen him in stuff, and I don't even know it. So uh, He is in the MCU. He who is he plays, in the MCU? Uh, he plays... Iron Man oh. 2? Yeah, I can't think of the guy's name, though. The guy that's... Oh, Hammer. He's in charge of Hammer Industries. Um, the main oh, the, competitor to the Tony Stark. guy? He's yeah, like a, yeah. <laughs> oh that's awesome uh that makes me even happy green mile now. he comes in later on in the movie he's like the true killer oh my god spoilers all right yeah <laughs> let's wrap let's wrap this up all right i got a game for you two to play to uh We've been talking about moons all night. Let's see what you you two gentlemen really know about moons. Oh, boy. All right. We'll get over to this right when we come back.
are back. Uh, we are here to play a quick game. Since we've been discussing the moon so often, I wanted to see how much you two actually know about the moon. Uh, this this quiz is brought to us from uh, the BBC, BBC Earth. It is the it is the big moon quiz. Tell me we get some so. Dave Attenborough voice. I'm going to pick a number <laughs> between one and ten. Australian? <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, one in ten. Paul, you're the guest. Uh, pick a number. Um, I'm gonna take number ten. I'm gonna Brandon? pick the number five. Uh, I picked eight, and that would give it to Paul, only being two away. So, let us commence the game and see how much you guys know about Earth's moon. Let's be. Let's keep this. Sh- straight up so first question true or false eclipses are reversed when viewing from the moon hmm. true or false put yourself on uh, the moon what is sam seeing uh, from his moon base see. so if i'm looking from earth i'm seeing the sun which must be behind me that because a an eclipse is the earth blocking some of the sun's light as it's hitting the moon so, uh, my real thought is if I'm on the moon, I can't see an eclipse, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with true. True. Eclipses are reversed when viewing from the moon. That is correct. An observer of the moon during a solar eclipse can watch a small dark patch of darkness. The moon's umbra work its way around the earth. Makes sense. So you're seeing your, sh- you're seeing the moon's shadow casted onto the earth true so point mm. to paul brandon the diameter of the moon is the same dif- distance between which of these two cities <laughs> so it's new york city on all of them so you got east coast to chicago new york to vegas new york to phoenix or new york to dallas so you got you got a couple different you know diameters here yeah, distances right, so between cities right. it's the diameter of the moon that's straight across through the middle yep yeah not not the circumference of it on the on the outside yeah through nor through the, the radius middle. the actual diameter yep um so you got new york to chicago vegas phoenix and dallas if i was in this new york a- city yeah i feel like the same distance would be I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Chicago. 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 New York to Chicago. That is incorrect. New York to Phoenix, Arizona. Whatever. I feel like, Which, I feel like Phoenix and Vegas are are close enough where that would be. I know. That's why. Then, that's why I ruled them out. The I know. Blame the BBC. <laughs> All right. Well, one to nothing right now. Still plenty of room to make moves. Um. Paul, how many days does it take for the moon to travel around the Earth? 17.6, mm. 27.3, 32, 37. Mm, I feel like uh think about your full how... moon only only happens like once a month, right? So if it was 17 days, you could potentially get two. That would um be... 
I think I've seen. So I'm cutting out, cutting out seventeen. Don't don't you just stepping on my logic here? Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. 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 I'll let you talk it out. Talk it out. Uh, I'm gonna go with twenty seven point three days. I feel like I feel like that's the right one. All right, that is correct. It takes a full twenty seven point three days for the. Moon I know my moon shit. Yeah, what's up with could, this shit? Could technically, <laughs> technically, you could still get two in a month. I think I've that's happened before. Yeah, but very, yeah, very. It's got to line up, line up very nicely. All right, Brandon, you get an easy one. Oh no, this is the skipper. We don't, we don't actually answer this question. <laughs> is the moon really made of cheese? <laughs> no. Wow. All that's, right, that's funny. Brandon. Uh, what percentage of gravity does the moon have compared to Earth? We have one sixteenth, one eighth, half, or one sixth. You get you're getting the tougher ones today. You always get the short. I know. End of the, I know. You get the Jeopardy. short end of the quizzes. I know. When they play Jeopardy, I just picked the wrong one. Um, think about think about your moon. I know. Movement. Right? I guess. I know. Right. Sam Rockwell is doing a pretty good job in the movie, you know, walking really slow, making it look like he's on the moon. So I'm trying to think, like, what was he doing, like, half of the weight? Um, And we know the diameter of the moon now. That's New York to (laughs) Phoenix. So take take that into account as for what you will. Uh no, you got me. You got me being like that meme where I just see all these equations around me right now. So <laughs> I'm gonna go math. One. <laughs> I'm gonna go with half. I'm gonna go with half. Straight up half, fifty fifty. I mean, you come back down. You do. I should have gone with one sixth. That is incorrect. It is one sixth. Final answer. Yeah, which means it would be pretty hard to find your car keys if you put them oh, down do on the Dave moon. Dave froze. I know. I got to think of. Oh, am I frozen? I can see me. Wah wah wah! Technical difficulties. Oh, that's hilarious. Has that ever happened before? <laughs> uh, no. hold on. <laughs> oh, that's great. I don't know what's going Did on. Did the EMP EMP head over Elba? I can hear you too. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Did not say anything in the chat. No, I just have uh, a little Discord loading going on in both now. Hmm. I don't even know where my phone is. I guess we'll give him a minute. Man, so far, so good for you. you know your uh, moon shit. Uh, I, uh, I didn't know either of them. <laughs> They're both <laughs> certainly guesses. I I would have gotten... Well, well, I don't know the second one yet here, but I definitely would have gotten... Your other one. I thought it was definitely Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Am I back? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, your oh, your screen share is not back. Yeah, I, I'll get back to that. I don't want to share audacity. And the answer is. Oh, one six. All right. That was my that choice. Is unfortunately incorrect. 
Big that is nabbit. one six. Which I mean, half and one six. Uh, one six is like what? What percentage? Sixteen percent. Sixteen. I was gonna say seventeen. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right around sixteen. So that is. Yeah, change. that's that's pretty light. I wouldn't have thought it would have been that low because I thought you'd have been able to jump off of the moon and float off into space. But um, no, that's another. <laughs> that's another one for you. All right, let's go back to Paul, who is up two to nothing currently. Mm, so this... how many moons? And this and here's a toughie for you. This is this is a little. This one will bake your noodle. What kind of question is this? How many moons would it take to equal the brightness of the sun? Uh, I'm just going to shorten the... these a little bit for our listening <laughs> audience. Uh, 398,000, 430,000, 700,000, or 893,000 moons. And I'm assuming I this like is would... like full moon, like brightness from a full moon, I'm assuming. In uh, my yeah, head. I would guess. I would guess, especially considering the moon doesn't have any, uh, any energy or light source coming from it. It's so... completely reflective, right? So, but they're yeah. this is saying that if you put them together, they can make they can get brighter. No, how many full moons would you have to have in the sky in order to get the brightness of the sun? I think that's. What... I think the big thing is, regardless, none of us have any clue, and it's mostly <laughs> a guess somewhere between 400,000 and nearly 900,000. I'm going to say it's on the higher end, because I think it's pretty shocking. I'm going to go with 700,000. 700,000. Final answer. That is incorrect. The moon has a magnitude of... Negative 12, but the sun is much brighter at 26. So you would need 398,000 moons to equal the brightness of the sun. This quiz also had, is the moon made out of cheese, true or false? I don't understand. These are all over the place. That was a that was a fake question. They, they just threw that one in there. They're all real, though. Back to Brandon. Does the moon have quakes? Uh, I know Mars does, so I'm going to say true to the moon. True yes, to the moon? True, true. Final answer? That's my final answer. That is correct. The lunar astronauts have used seismographs on their visits to the moon. Moonquakes. Moon some mini moonquakes have occurred several kilometers beneath the surface, which I didn't think so because the moon doesn't have tectonic plates, does it? Well... I think you don't necessarily need tectonic plates, but you need some sort of different yes, maybe pressures like a liquidy and core or gas. Yeah, I guess it could be gas pressure. I mean, we could be talking about the the moon base on the inside of the moon because there's the moon isn't really the moon; it's a hollow space station for aliens. But we can we can discuss that at a later date, uh, or even what's going on on the, on the dark good. side of the moon. It is fascinating. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a question that comes up, but it is fascinating that there's one third of the moon that no one on Earth has ever seen. What do you because mean? It's the moon doesn't rotate. Right, it's always face. Well, it rotates, but it the way it rotates, it's like locked in with Earth, so we're, it's always facing us. As I know that, and we haven't seen the yeah, other side it, of the moon. Yeah, but like, it doesn't have full rotation. It we, oscillates one way and then stops. But we have and goes the other camp, way. But we have satellites that are out in deep space now. We can see our not on the other side of the moon though. Yeah, we can be... turn the camera on, dude. We sent Voyager out in like the seventies. 
Oh, that. Oh, like that. Turn, maybe turn the camera on and just take a shot of the back of the moon. Maybe. Maybe, it's maybe we sent Voyager out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Here, this one's for you. Who are we on to? Paul? Uh, or Paul's Brandon? turn. I got it right, but Paul's turn, I think. Right? Oh, there we go. How many centimeters does the moon move away from Earth each year? Is it 1.7, 4.5, 3.8, or 10 centimeters? Uh, obviously, I have no clue, but it is interesting to know that the moon is slowly drifting away from us. That's, That's kind of sad. Yeah, well, eventually it'll... Like, like the moon is our Gertie. It, it regulates our, our oceans. You, I know. You would think it would be coming closer. And I don't know. Yeah, you think it'd be getting pulled in by the gravity of the Earth, but apparently not. not. It's slowly escaping. I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with 1.7 centimeters. I feel like the moon doesn't want to move away, and it's it's fighting to hold on. Another the scientists that figured this out. The fact that this is centi- incorrect. 3.8 centimeters. It's Please, a moon, shot in the dark. Don't but go. Like, we miss you. It's. I know it's all math. I know that's how they they measure this stuff, and they just like you know analyze everything and they compare stuff and all, and they got these charts and stuff like that. But it's so minuscule. We're talking about centimeters. Who is the guy that discovered that? Oh, holy shit, Steve. It's, I think they did this on the Big Bang Theory what? where they have they have a reflector set up on the moon and you can bounce a laser off of it, more or less, oh, okay. and you just get the distance or how long it takes for the laser to get back to you. That is my uneducated Although, guess, but it's fair. Well, here's the other question, too, is, is this maybe from sea level that it's moving that little bit away? or It's still moving. From... Yeah. Yeah, but... As long as it's a fixed point, and every time it looks at the moon, every time it's in, I don't know. None of us are scientists. Next question. Um, <laughs> and I've I've lost count of how many questions we're on. We had we had ten total here, so uh, we're gonna hit an abrupt end here. And if I have tied, one I'll, point, I'll go. And yeah, it's, it's one to Paul two. Has... Oh, okay. And you guys have gotten a couple wrong, so I, I the full and... count I don't know. So, uh, here you yeah, go. This... Here's one, Brandon, right? For you, Brandon. Yeah, my yep. Turn, yep. Uh. True or false, the moon has its own time zone. That is an awesome question. Hold on a second. What? <laughs> what time is Why it the when fuck? you're on the moon? Hold on a second. Why would the moon have its own time zone? What purpose? So the, so the scientists and astronauts up there, how does Gertie know what time it is? How does Sam know when to get up? So, right, if I'm Apollo, I'm like going around doing stuff, picking up space rocks, putting in flags. I have to document when I did this stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, we only have 30 minutes on the surface or whatever, two hours. Like, you would have to log the time, but co- every country's going to know when. And you'd be like, 7 p.m., America, because we're Americans. Did they do that? Or did they have. <laughs> so, I'm going to go that <laughs> because the we're moon America. has its own. Time zone. It has its own. Yes, true. True. Yeah, that's my logic. That is inc- or that is correct. The moon does in fact have its own time zone. Wow, blowing my mind here. But what's it called? What the fuck? Moon Central's time. I know lunar <laughs> central <laughs> lunar. Yeah, I um, that that's that'll be the next Google I do after here. Hmm. All right, back to Paul. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I don't think we have many questions left here, so. Every point will count. 
What is the range of surface <laughs> temperatures on the moon? So Sam's out just there. Skip just skip this stupid question. Like, there's Sam's no out way there anybody bouncing around. can answer this question. This is Celsius well, I, too. I mean, it's in Celsius though, so it's obviously not up to 700 degrees Celsius. So yeah, yeah. negative 700 to 140, negative 300 to 180, negative 230 to 120, negative 400 to 700. So there's those are some big old ranges. Yeah, and space is um, cold. Space is definitely sun cold. is hot. <laughs> I'm gonna go. It's got to be two, one of the two middle ones, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Here, so I'm gonna go. I bet it varies more. So I'm gonna go negative one thirty three to one eighty three. Celsius. That is incorrect. Oh, it's a right, 50-50 shot. It was a 50-50. The other yeah. one was correct. It goes between negative 233 degrees Celsius to a scorching 123. So the uh, the sun's really uh, heating, that, heating that shit up. No atmosphere, man. Or very, All right. Very, 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 very That was the final absent. question. Let me dig up a tiebreaker because we are tied at two to two all right Mm. how exciting (laughs) this is fantastic all right come on marvel come on marvel question i am going to (laughs) you guys are both going to need a a piece of paper piece of paper and a pen i was like I always make this more interesting, I think. I don't have a pen. Yes, I do. I think I do. You can type it into your phone and show me your phone screen. Oh, all right. I'll just do that. (coughs) Okay. I don't have a pen. And this will be be the person who is closest. Uh, Do not worry about going over. This is not the price is right. We are not bidding on a box of shake and bake. Um... I would like you to to give me a number and tell me how many miles away from the Earth is the moon? How many miles? How many miles away from the Earth is the moon? Uh... We know that the moon's diameter is from New York to Phoenix. So just figure it out from there. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right. No Googles. I have a guess. No Googles. No, a man of my word. And if you get it exactly, uh, you get to go to space camp. I would love to go Which to space camp. Which is quite fitting for this episode. Go climb the aggro crag down there. <laughs> Which shows that guts. Those guts. <laughs> <laughs> it was always because that was always the thing like because those shows were filmed in florida so like the i think space camp was in cape canaveral down there too so they probably just like yep ship them off to space camp brandon you're typing way too much no i'm trying to like get it to be big and i can't get it to work in my my notes all right i'm ready <laughs> all right, all right um notes. uh let's uh i guess let me let me see your phone so let me see uh paul let's see your answer first i guess Eight thousand five hundred five hundred sixty-one miles. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to show mine. 
No, don't be. No, I I could be completely off too. I I mean I'm. I have a number on my phone. Brandon's is one hundred and ten thousand. <laughs> so this is like when somebody gets the shitty showcase on uh, Price is Right, and they're bidding like twenty thousand. The other person is bidding like six on theirs. Well, uh, via NASA.gov, uh, the moon's distance is. 240,000 miles okay. okay. from Earth. Almost, okay. almost double yours. Me. So, you kill, yeah. Paul, I, I don't was, think you're getting was... out of the lower atmosphere <laughs> with, with your guys. I even, I, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm like, well, let's see, how far is uh, how far is the moon from Phoenix, or New York from Phoenix? Can't be, what, if I multiply that times, like, I don't know. It's like, how many out there? There's one thing I've 240,000 miles seems pretty far. I, I learned. Yeah, I saw this thing that were like they they were showing the 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 you know in school you have the the poster of our solar system, and they show the sun, and the different planets, and they say the planets are not to scale; they're enlarged so you can see them, but the distance is also scaled. So what I learned is that like, roughly you can get a lot of the planets. In our solar system, tucked between Earth and the Moon. Not all of them, but you can get Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Pluto, uh, not Pluto, but Neptune, Uranus, all that stuff. You can get all those planets wedged in there. So I'm like, I knew that tidbit. So that means there's a lot of space Mm. between Earth and the moon, which is crazy to think about how fucking far that is, which means that we put robots on Mars and we're we're remote control driving them. I think that's insane. When 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 I think about how far stuff is in space. That's crazy. So that's, that's why lag. I threw that. That's why I laughed when, at my number. Because when you put your number up, I'm like, man, I must be way out. Because I'm thinking everything is really far. But you, what was the number again? It was 200 and what? 240,000 miles. And it's crazy because like they'll, they'll project satellites off of the moon from that distance and say, all right, when it gets by the moon, then it's going to shoot out that direction and go even faster and farther. Like, how do you do this? Math, I get it. But it's just crazy. That's scientists doing scientific-y things. So. Yep. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's uh, get rolling out of here. Uh, Paul, thank you for uh, jumping on and watching Moon with us in Eric's absence and being a guest. Hope you had fun. This was a great time. I appreciate you guys having me on. If you ever need a, a substitute again, please don't hesitate. Absolutely. Sounds like you're coming back Marvel for expert. Mar- yeah, Marvel. Yeah, I will. I will definitely be a resident Marvel expert if you want. Uh, I do have that on lockdown. Awesome. Well, there certainly is going to be a little bit more Marvel coming out for like the next forty years of our lives. So, I'd like to talk well, about Iron Man. I'll put that out there. I love that movie or the first Avengers. That was also good. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm super super pumped for Thor: Love and Thunder. I've got taking oh, okay. a half day next Friday. Wife took the day off. We're going for a little afternoon matinee. Oh, there you go. Who who directed that one? It's Taika Waititi again. Yeah, dude. Ragnarok is great. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. If it, this is uh, early reviews are very very positive. Okay. He's got and good times. Uh, well, here's the the other part is um, I mean Marvel movies. Little sidebar here. Marvel movies are always about the villain. That's the that's the biggest thing. Like the good movies have great villains. Mm-hmm. Um. You know the not so good movies of just really horrible villains, and Christian Bale plays Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. So to have Christian Bale as your as your villain, 
uh, sets a, sets I heard a about that in my mind. Okay. He's going to be great. Awesome. So just, well, just so I guess to tie everything up, uh, how do you, how do you pronounce it properly again? The director? Taika Waititi? Uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, he's also doing uh, the next couple Star Wars movies. So. Yeah, yeah, but he's doing that he's after amazing, other. Th- he's like, I'm not. I'm still. They're, writing se- stuff. they're separate. They're separate. Their own things. But you know, the man knows how Taika to put Wachiti's... together a, a good oh, movie. He does great movies. He did Jojo Rabbit. Yep. Is a Taika Waititi yeah. movie which uh, had Sam Rockwell. Yep. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There's our full circle. The world full Thanks, circle. Keeps turning. All right. Night. That's it. Well, <laughs> all right. Anybody uh, wants to follow us? Check us out, Nomads of Fantasy, everywhere. And uh, until we see you again, safe travels, Nomads. Radioactive tampon. I wasn't supposed to. Look like a banana with a yeast infection.